0: Hello church, welcome to the online CFC service. We're so glad that you can be here this, this morning or this evening or whenever you're watching. I'm Isaac, I'm one of the staff members here at church. These are my roommates. Say hi, guys. Hello. And we're going to uh, we're going to be leading you guys through some songs of worship today. So I just encourage you guys to just uh, to listen to the lyrics, and if you don't know the songs, feel free to go back and then worship to them after you know the lyrics. But uh, yeah, it should be a fun time this morning. We're excited to uh, hear Cooper speak as well after this. So with that being said, let's get started. Build your
1: kingdom. Let the darkness fear, show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land, set your church on fire, win this nation back, change the atmosphere, build your kingdom, here we pray. Set your rule and reign in our hearts again. us. No. I no don't But still I'm found leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it still
0: thank you for the opportunity to come here and just gather on our computers or our phones or our tablets or whatever we're watching this on Lord to just to give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory Lord we're so thankful that even in the midst of our situations we can still do this we can still praise you Lord and we know that we can trust you Lord so right now as we move on into the message Lord we're just praying that we would be able to trust you even more that our hearts would be open to receive what you have for us Lord and that you would just be guiding and restoring us in every single way possible, Lord. So we love you, we thank you, Lord, and it's in your mighty name that we pray, amen. Hello, church, my name is Isaac. I'm the youth assistant here at CFC, and I just wanted to give you a little bit of an update on the youth group because some of you might not know exactly what the youth group's doing. So the youth group is actually getting connected a lot lately, and we're using the platform of Instagram. So I'll go ahead and post our username, and you can uh, follow us and keep up to date on that as well as I'll post a schedule on the screen that where you can see all of our. Uh, all of, our, all of our weekly schedule stuff. So we're usually doing things Sunday through Thursday, and that'll either be on the Chini Face Center Instagram page, or on the uh, on the AMP Instagram page. And then we're also utilizing YouTube. There's an AMP playlist on our YouTube channel where you can check out all of our messages as well. Uh, so that's kind of what we're doing. We also you can also uh, sign up to receive updates via text through our texting service. So just text AMP Youth A M P Y O. U T H two, four, three, five, zero, six. And you will receive text messages on uh, all things. AMP just to keep you updated on things, if you want to go that route as well. But yeah, that's kind of what we're doing with the youth group. We're keeping up to date via Instagram mostly. And we're actually starting to launch uh, some really cool zoom small groups as well. So all of our different age groups are going to start having zoom uh, small groups in the next, in the next upcoming week. We're really excited about that. I know I just, I launched my zoom, zoom small group with the high school guys last week and it's it's been a hit so far we've met twice and uh it's really cool to be able to see my guys just taking the next step in their faith virtually which is super cool and shows a lot of maturity in them and i know right now we're going through a devotional and we're doing some accountability and it's really cool to just see that so we're really excited about that and we're just excited that uh that church is still going on
2: Hey, this is Elsa, one of the Faith Kids directors here at Cheney Faith Center, and I just wanted to take a minute to check in with y'all and let you know some of the cool things that we're doing with families and kids during this season of isolation and quarantine. Ways that we are, as um, Kids Ministry, trying to help you as parents and families creatively connect, own your own faith, and contend in prayer. The first way that we're doing that is we are sending a weekly email. Parents, if you are not receiving that and would like to, jump on over to cheneyfaithcenter.org and sign up for our email list. Secondly, you can also find that at cheneyfaithcenter.org slash kids. Another thing that we are doing is we are doing something fun every Wednesday at 11 called Z B S stands for zoom Bible school, and it just has a fun feel to it. It's a way for you and your kiddos to join us each week. And we will have a quick zoom meeting where we sing songs. We hear devotions and we do some fun science experiments or skits for um, just about half an hour every Wednesday and we'd love to see you there. You can find that link at ChinifaceCenter.org kids as well. And then the last thing, just be on the lookout. Check our Instagram, Chiniface at Faith kids pardon me, or um, our main Chini Faith Center Facebook page. We'll keep posting some things there about how we are trying and hoping and wanting to equip and empower you as families to help the next generation know Jesus and live for him daily. As always, um, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email faithkids at cheneyfaithcenter.org or again um, send us messages through our social media channels. We love you, we love serving Jesus with you, um, and we are praying for you. Amen to that.
3: I love hearing those updates of our ministries here at CFC, how they are being creative in their connections in this time where we're not allowed to phys- physically be together. So it's just cool how they are inventing things and and still helping people know Jesus and to live for him daily. Well, uh, I thought about through my message outside. Um, you probably might be hearing some, some birds chirping um, cars driving by. I live right off of Salmave, so you might, it's kind of a busy road. But I actually already filmed my message. But tonight, it's Thursday night, was such a beautiful night. I was like, I don't want to do it outside and just to kind of have that flair to it. So I'm going to be outside. We'll see how it goes. It's actually slowly dropping in temperature. So if I start shivering, that's because I'm outside it's, and it's still kind of that spring, weird, teeny town weather. Um, but hey, we're going, to make, we're going to make the most of it, right? Well, i also wanted to kind of just be full disclosure right now see this great little uh, cut on my forehead yes you might have already seen that on the video i don't know how well it shows up but um that was from our youth group on monday night you might be thinking like wait i thought youth group wasn't meeting You are correct, but even in the midst of a pandemic where we are not allowed to physically be together and we're quarantined, youth group is still causing havoc. Yes, on Monday night, somehow, someway, uh, my wife and I got roped into smashing eggs on each other's heads. And um, when she smashed the egg on my head, my wife, and I have video proof that I'm gonna show just a little bit, um, the the eggshell just scratched my head. So here's the video to show Um, just the craziness that ensues. So let's go ahead and take a look.
4: All
1: right, all right,
3: all right. Ready? One, two, three. I got got COVID-19 (laughs) now. If you ain't bleeding for the youth group, you ain't doing it right, right? That's how it goes. No. (laughs) Um, I just love serving with with, with our youth team. It is a blast. And I love how we can be creative and we're still doing things even though we're quarantined and we can't physically be together. uh, We're still doing fun stuff and still having really good conversations and um, seeing God do some big things um, in just the lives of these students. So it's good stuff. Well, as we get into this conversation um, today, um, I want to just kind of make mention of a few things. I mean, obviously we're in this situation of being quarantined, staying home, staying healthy, and, and it's weird, right? It's been it's been four or so weeks of just this routine, and it's kind of starting to be like, man, okay, like, is it going to end? Is it going to extend? And I just want to say, like, we're with you during this time. Like, we're, we're feeling it as well. And it is hard, it is hard, but we know that there's always a, an opportunity to grow in these moments. And and um, about five months ago, when Pastor Mark, myself, and Kate, we were kind of planning through our 2020 series for just this rest of the year, 1 um, Peter was a book that we had thought about, prayed about, doing at this exact time, even before this whole pandemic, this quarantine really happened. Um, we didn't know that this was going to happen. But... First Peter, we knew was going to happen. And the truths that have been coming out of this book are just amazing in how even though written 2,000 years ago, they are so perfect for our current context and our current situation. So so God knew what He was doing when He led us to plan this series during this time. God knew the whole grand scheme of things. And, and so far, reading through 1 Peter and, and doing those devotions with different people from the church through Version. Um, I myself have just been gleaning a ton from this and just been applying it to my life and uh, I've been challenged, been encouraged and and all those things. And so my heart is that you would do the same, that this would be a a chance to have some good perspective on what's going on. And though it's hard, um, just knowing this opportunity to grow an opportunity to be shaped um, and just molded uh, more and more into the, the, into the image of who Jesus is. So, well, before I go into my talk today in 1 in Peter, I just thought we should just pray. Sound good? Let's do that. Well, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for just who you are and your word and your gospel. And um, God, Holy Spirit, speak through me right now. Um, let there be moments for people, whether they're at home listening, in their car listening, wherever they're listening, Lord. You would just minister to them and just present your truth to them in a very true way, in a very real way right now, Lord God. So, God, speak through me. Let my words uh, be your words and praise your name. Amen. So, we are titling this series, Grace and Peace. Uh, Right off the bat, Peter, who is the writer of this letter to the early church, talks about this heart that he wants... God to give more and more grace and peace to the Christians, the early Christians who are scattered, who are persecuted. His heart is that they would have more grace and more peace during a time for them that was not very peaceful and was not very grace filled. And I think we can probably say the same this is not a super peaceful time. Um, and so last week for Easter, Mark essentially kicked us off in our series um, in First Peter. His message was centered in the first bit of chapter 1 of First Peter. And so I'm going to continue on in that thought and go into chapter 2. And then for the next um, four or so weeks, we're going to be taking each chapter and just taking some of the key things from that. And um, preaching on it, teaching on it, and applying that to our lives as Christ followers. So... Uh, what i want to do right now is just again kind of get some background to what's happening um, and why peter is writing this letter and to kind of get a holistic view of what's going on so um, peter who is one of the disciples of jesus he is writing this letter to the early gentile christians who are scattered and persecuted across modern-day turkey he's writing to them to be encouraged in their time of persecution But also he's challenging them um, during this hard season to look at it through a different lens, through a different perspective of their suffering and of their hardship. So their season was very, very intense. It was intense persecution. There was murders, um, boycotts by businesses. People were not really allowed to do commerce who were Christians and were known to be Christians. It was hard for them to, to go out and shop and do different things. People were being thrown out of homes. There was families being split apart. Government structures um, within that um, area could basically do whatever they wanted to Christians. There was no fairness at all. It was, it was not a good time. And so again, one of Peter's big declarations is that this persecuted church, the early Christians, would experience more grace, which is the ability to still love and show God's goodness in a time where people were hating on them and not showing them love, but also more peace. And who wouldn't want more peace, especially during a time of stress and anxiety and worry? It's not like you've ever heard of a person saying like, "Well, I've had enough peace for the day, time to get stressed out. <laughs> that just doesn't happen, right? Um, so again, Peter is saying he, his heart and prayer is for more grace and more peace um, for this early church. And, and again, our heart is the same for us here in 2020. But that has to happen with a firm foundation, a firm foundation of hope. And that's what Pastor Mark talked about a lot last week was this living hope that we have in Jesus, this cornerstone of Jesus Christ, that he is alive, he has conquered the grave. And because of that, we can have hope in him both here now in the present and for the eternal, which is beyond this life in our heavenly home as well. So he hits that point home again and again and again. Um, Peter then goes on to kind of give some more nuts and bolts talk of what it means to live this out, this living hope out. And like Pastor Mark said, um, Peter is a disciple who's known mostly for having his foot in his mouth. And I'd also say um, he is not very high on the spiritual gifts test for empathy, right? His, His value of empathy is not the highest compared to maybe some other people, not only in the Bible, but just people that we know. And we see that because right away in his letter, um, as he's talking to this church that's being murdered and persecuted and just everything wrong is going against them, he says, hey, be glad, be joyous from this time of suffering, right? He's not, he's not coming like, oh my goodness, like I've heard all about this, like my heart goes out to you, like oh, and like his heart isn't out there just like do do do-do-do-do and like I'm doing everything I can get there to, to get there to just be with you guys. No, he kind of is just like be glad and be joyous. You might be like, whoa, like where's your empathy at, Peter? But what he is doing is he's starting to bring in this truth and bring in this concept and something that is hard for not only myself, but I think our church in the U.S. to understand is that suffering is not a bad thing. Suffering is not A horrible thing to go through. Peter is bringing in the case that when we suffer, especially in the name of the Lord, it actually helps bring clarity to our mission in the world. So let me say that again. Suffering can help bring clarity to our mission in the world. What's our mission in the world? Well, Christ said it a lot in his ministry, love God and love people. When we do those things, the outpouring and outflowing of what we do is the Great Commission, where people come into alignment with God's heart and his intention to be in relationship with us as we love God and love Peter. What Pete um and, and, and love people, what what Peter is saying is it's it's not about us. It never was intended to be about us. Yes, God loves us, God cherishes us, and we are called Um, to be in relationship with Him, but we're called to more than just self-care. We are called to live out our living hope. See, suffering, as Peter talks about it, burns away the impurities and areas of our life that are getting in the way of God being God. Getting in the way of us focusing our energy on the faith and hope we have in Jesus, what I, what I picked up when reading this um, section a few times is again, Peter really emphasizes the importance of a faith in Jesus. That we gotta have a foundation of hope. We gotta have that cornerstone of who Christ is constantly as our base, as our foundation. Because without this strong hope, we're done for. We can't stand, we can't last, we can't weather the storms of life. And I believe also grace and peace cannot function at their highest levels without this foundational hope in Jesus. So again, think about his audience, the early Gentile Christians. Their lives were upside down. There was not a lot of peace in their life. And again, the grace was very limited. It was hard to live that out in the context that they were in. But with a living hope in Jesus, it all turns around. They are again filled with peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And they then have grace, the love, and the ability to serve those who hate them, hate them at the very, very core. But again, Peter doesn't just stop at this moment. He doesn't just say, sweet, you have this living hope. That's awesome. You have that foundation. You're good. You're God, like like you're good. You're great. That's amazing. No, he, can, he, he, can, he continues to encourage forward movement With Jesus to let others experience fully what a life rooted in Christ is and will be, both now in the present and forever in the future. And I believe that this is what God is telling us right now in 2020 that in the midst of a global pandemic, shutdowns of epic proportions. I mean, Las Vegas is shut down. Disneyland is shut down. These places are ghost towns. It's crazy that in the midst of these shutdowns and this pandemic, God is telling us that there is more to the Christian life. He is telling us loud and clear that a life with Jesus is more than having a living hope. It's living a living hope. Let me say that again. A life with Jesus is is more than having a living hope. It's living a living hope. In First Peter chapter 1, or in First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, um, he says this, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. So right here, He is actually using language, Peter is, from the Old Testament and how God took the nation of Israel and made them his chosen nation. Peter's using very similar language to show these Gentile Christians, so non-Jews, that they are part of God's family. That through Jesus, we are part of this now big global family, this family of God. So he's making that a big statement right there continues on. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. The, the first picture that, that pops into my head uh, when I when I hear that, but now you are drenched with God's mercy. It's just like this big old sheepdog, just drenched, just wet, and then just like shaking off and just water everywhere. Kind of like from the Little Mermaid. Uh, Max, I think it's Prince Eric's dog, uh, who's all wet and shakes off and all that stuff. And sorry, I've been watching way too much Disney Plus during this quarantine. I'll just get it out there. I have small kids, so yes. Um, But again, we are just drenched with God's mercies and we have the opportunity to share that with others, to share that goodness of who God is outwardly. Now, I wouldn't go up to a person and just shake like a dog, like, God loves you, because they would think you're crazy and I would also agree with them in that fact. Um, But we are called and we are directed to share this living hope and to live out our living hope in every context that we operate, including a context of a global shutdown, a context that our senior year is over, a context that we don't get to have that graduation or our sports are over, our recitals don't get to happen, these monumental things that have been built up. God still says, carry out your living hope in that context, a context that my job is not as sure As it once was a context that i have lost a loved one due to illness or i have friends or family that are suffering with illness or a context that i can't see my family my friends my grandkids the people that i love i just can't see that and it's hard and it's unbearable a context that we can't meet as a church remember peter's talking to the early christians who are intensely oppressed He is saying to them that this suffering is good, that this season of discomfort is okay because it's refining who you are, who we are as Christ followers. It's refocusing our mission to keep broadcasting his truth, his hope, by action and by voice. Again, that there is hope in Jesus. And I believe as a church, not only as CFC but as the global church. This is a moment and an opportunity during this COVID-19 pandemic to live out our hope in Jesus, to bring people back to the simple truth that there is hope in Jesus and there is an abundance of grace and peace for all who place their hope in Him. Because we have hope, we can offer hope. You can't offer someone something if you don't got it, right? It reminds me of my wife's sourdough starter. Um, she got some starter from our sister-in-law Elsa pretty much right before the pandemic hit, which was perfect timing because from what I hear, all the stores are out of yeast. So you can't really bake at home without yeast or some leavening agent. We had sourdough, so we started making sourdough bread. And let me just tell you, sourdough bread is my favorite thing to eat. I love that, especially with a big old bowl of clam chowder. Hmm. That's some good stuff right there. So anyway, um, sourdough starter, you have to feed it. It is alive. It is a living organism. You got to keep it alive and it grows. And as it grows, you use it for different breads because that's what you use to make the dough rise. And again, I'm not a professional baker by any means, but that's what I've been told. (laughs) Um, But again, you got to keep, you got to keep the sourdough starter going. Um, If you don't, it dies out. You have to start all over again and it's not fun. But my wife's been keeping it alive and it's been growing and it's getting more and more. And so she's been handing it out to people because she's got this thing now. So she's like, hey, do you want some? And she's handed out to like eight or nine different people in our neighborhood, some friends of ours from church just around the area. Um, people are like, I'd love some sourdough starter and make some bread and stuff. So she is handing it out because she has it to give out. It's much like our living hope in Jesus. It's alive. It's not a dead hope. And we have to feed it. And we feed it by depending on it and living it out, trusting in it. And as we trust in it, and as we live out our living hope, it grows and grows. And we can give it away more and more and share it with others. And the more you give away, the more hope begins to, no pun intended, Rise. And there is psychological truth to this. Just actually today I was in a webinar um, about some psychology stuff during COVID-19. And these doctors said, hey, like God gave us these neurons, they're called mirror neurons, where when you exhibit certain um, characteristics, like, like hope, let's say, and other people see that, their neurons start to mirror that and they in turn will start to show hope in an area. And so if you are showing hope and you are giving hope out, It helps just mirror that outwardly so again if you are showing hope other people will begin to take that hope in and also display it in their own life as well now when you're living out your hope in jesus does that mean that you're constantly telling people about jesus maybe maybe that maybe that's true and i may be speaking out on a limb here but i think if peter was here right now he might actually say like hey Don't worry about sharing your church's online service. Like that's great if you do and all that stuff, but actually reach out to some individual people. Call someone right now. Have a conversation with them. Write someone an encouraging email or a letter. Send them a video just to say hello and and give them some encouragement that you're praying for them or that you are praying for them on that video, whatever it might be. But be Jesus and how Jesus needs to be displayed For the people in your context and display his living hope to others. And I believe that's what Peter is saying in this section of chapter two. He's starting to get into this area of like, hey, be Jesus, and how Jesus needs to be displayed for the people in your context. And again, that context will mean something different for each and every different person. Now in relation to that, I want, I want to share a quick story from our own church of some people living out their living hope. And it's good to share positive stories and to share God's stories, especially during this time where our news and our media just seems very, very negative. Um, even like on the news, if you always look like in the lower left like corner, there's always like a death toll counter for COVID-19, which is like dude, like how much more morbid could you get on national TV? But that's just what they're doing, right? You're just seeing people dying like in live time, which is weird. And so my heart and the heart of our church and, and Pastor Kate and Pastor Mark is that we're showing stories of hope and that we're sharing God's stories. And so I want to share um, a story. It's actually of my mom and dad. And and maybe throughout the neighborhoods, um, you've been seeing these white crosses, with um, the word hope in purple written on them and people have them in their windows, doors just throughout the area. And that was um, something the Lord put on my mom and my dad's heart to just do um, during the week of Easter. And so I had the chance to Zoom with them and they live here in Cheney. We don't get to see them because we're quarantined. Um, So over Zoom, we had a chance to hang out, chat, but also just talk about um, just more of what they did and why they did it and how that experience was. Let's go ahead and take a look.
4: So um, the vision started with the Lord, the Holy Spirit, putting it on our hearts ever before Easter to make white crosses, brilliant white crosses with the word hope on them in, in purple and to go door to door throughout the community and um, offer this to them and put it in their window for them Um, and so we started making them and we really felt inspired to make sure that we knocked on the doors and we walked up to the houses and talked to the people and that ended up being really awesome awesome experience one of the things that the lord put on my heart before it all started is with this um coronavirus is just the sadness that's out there and the isolation and the loneliness and all of us christians um, had an opportunity to really impact others with our belief but not um, be overpowering just love others and um i felt like whitney had made me something that i have by my bed and i read it quite often and it said blessed are those and that's just all of us christians blessed are those who trust in the lord and have made their hope and confidence in the lord they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach way down into the water such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And I read that every night before I go mm-hmm. to bed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the Lord said, even in this time, you're going to produce fruit. Even at this time, you're going to go out. and the The drought is heavy, and um, you know the the loneliness is there. But we just felt really compelled to go out into the community.
3: That's awesome. Um, yeah, so what was kind of some of the experiences that you had? Because I know that during the coronavirus, some people can be really, like, leery to even answer their door or whatever, but what was some of the experiences that you guys had when you were going around um, knocking on doors? Well, it's always hard for everybody, anybody to go up and just knock on a random door, depending on where the neighborhood is or you know, what time of day it is. And, you know, you see three or four cars parked in the driveway or by the garage, they go, okay, somebody's gonna be home. You knock on the door, you ring
4: the doorbell, nobody shows up. Um, so you can get a little dejected on that. I've had
3: one guy that didn't answer the door and he peeked through his window, like, what do you want? And we told him kind of what we were doing and no thanks, you know, so off you go. And and then you get the people just come to the door and they're really happy to see that you're there, uh, they ask you how you're doing with the coronavirus and the uh, quarantine. We asked them about it, and some people even came out of their doorstep and helped us uh, put the tape on the on the windows outside to hang the
4: hang the crosses. Yeah, the, we could see it in their eyes. They they were really desperate for an answer for conversation, mm-hmm. um, loneliness. A lot of elderly have been shut in. Um, they would just smile and the Holy Spirit would, it, it felt like when we were walking up to the doors, the first thing they saw was the Lord, the Holy Spirit within us. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't us, but it was God in us.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And you could tell that when you were talking to people, um, that it was the Holy Spirit that was ministering to them. And we would get into long conversations just about how they're doing. Yeah. So... Um, it was, um, it was really, uh, probably seven out of 10 people yep.
3: seven said out of yes. 10. Yeah.
4: And so then there the, the people that didn't want the crosses were just so nice.
3: Yeah. They're just yeah. like, no,
4: thank yeah. you. But then they kept talking with us. So, yeah. yeah.
3: How many, how many crosses did you guys end up making and handing out?
4: Well, I, I made 150. Um, I had Jessica, my, my daughter-in-law make 150 of them um Elsa helped pass them out um Walter little Walter and and Luke did um we have probably a hundred of them out there Mm -hmm. and maybe more um so we didn't get them all passed out but we had we had about 300 of them
3: that's cool so it really seemed it really seems like as you guys were living out your living hope that you had in Jesus, the Holy Spirit just kind of went before you and yeah. helped just bring some grace and peace to people and and really, really minister to them in a huge way. Now, I know some of you after watching that story and hearing what my parents did might be like, yeah, I'm never, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to go door to door to people's houses, knock and then ask to put a cross on their window. I get it and I understand it. And that's okay because I believe God has wired all of us to do different things in the name of Jesus and in different contexts. But it all has to boil down to the same premise. Are you living out your living hope? And whatever you're doing, putting crosses on people's windows and, and talking with them, whatever you're doing, are you living out your living hope? Are you being obedient what the Holy Spirit is asking you and calling you to do? And I do believe, though, a lot of times when you're living out your living hope, you're gonna get stretched. You're gonna be outside your comfort vo- uh, your, your your comfort zone just a little bit, right? You're gonna be stretched. And so, again, are you living out your living hope? Are you being honest and true? Are you being Jesus and how Jesus needs to be in the context that He's placed you in? So now, as we wind down here in the end of my message. I have have two questions that I want you guys to finish on. And I want you to dialogue on. And and if you're at home with your family or maybe you watch this with a life team over Zoom or however you do this, I want you to process the information. I want you to actually take it in, not just consume it, but take it in, process it, dialogue on it, and let this be good stuff to grow from, right? So I have these two questions. First one is this. How am I living out my living hope? How am I living out my living hope? Number two, what hope am I depending on? What hope am I depending on? So something that stuck out for me from Pastor Mark's message um, last week was this thought that that even as Christians, our hope can shift a little bit, it can be kind of fluid in different forms and in different seasons whether we're depending on our, our 401k in the stock market, our relationships, our jobs, our friends, school, sports, whatever it might be, is sometimes even as Christians, we can shift our hope around. Well, here's the thing, is I believe this is a season for us as a church, as CFC, as the global church, to refocus and cement our hope in Jesus forever. Not, not just anchor it, into the water, but like bury that anchor with as much cement as we can so that it would just be immovable in the roughest of seasons. So we couldn't just you know pull up anchor and just go away. That we would cement all of who we are on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, that living hope that he offers and that then in turn we would live out our living hope. So again, those two questions, how am I living out my hope? And what hope am I depending on? They're, they're geared in kind of two thought processes. The first question being, for those of us who have that living hope, it's more of a challenge of how am I going to live that out? What's the application? And what Peter is saying is like, let's go do something. Let's be Jesus in the context that God and Christ has put us in. Let's go do something. That second question is for some of us who are in a hard season right now. Our hope is not solid. We've been kicked around. We've been, you know, blown by the waves and by the wind, and and it's hard. And when life hits hard, we don't know where to run. Well, I want to encourage you, run to Jesus. Run to the Father. Cement your hope in the living hope of Jesus Christ and the cornerstone of who He is. So I'm going to pray right now, and I want you all to respond to this prayer and And I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is is speaking right now to each one of us in this moment, that we'd be able to apply and let God's word um, just guide us and direct us. And so I'm going to pray and I'd love for you to respond during this time. So let's go ahead and even in your your room, in your living room, kitchen, your car, wherever you're at, just, just, just enter in into this moment, into this holy moment um, where God and the Holy Spirit want to minister to you. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, um, right now for a lot of us, it might seem awkward as, as we're praying and um, looking around and just feeling awkward, maybe having coffee or eating our breakfast, whatever it is, Lord, or a lunch, um, but God, I believe you work in all in all situations, that you move freely when, when you want to move, Lord, and I believe you're moving right now. And so, God, I'm praying for those of us who have this living hope that we'd be challenged to live it out, to be Jesus to the people that need Jesus, that it might make us be stretched a little bit, get outside of our comfort zone. But Lord, that during this time of a quarantine, of a of a shutdown, that we would see this as an opportunity, to, as an opportunity to refocus our mission, to refocus our goal, to live out this living hope to a world that needs it, Lord that we can start a turn of events, spiritually and emotionally, Lord, and that people would turn to you in the midst of this time. And Lord, for those of us that are in a hard season, in a hard season where um, we've been tossed around, we've been kicked around and, and we are not doing good. Lord, I wanna pray for those that they would take this step forward and place their hope in Jesus and to say, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a part of this family. I'm gonna be a part of this Jesus. This 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 the God family. Being a part of this cornerstone. And so, Lord, right now, I'm praying for those. And if you're feeling like you want to respond, just just agree with me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm hurting. Lord Jesus, my hope is gone. Lord Jesus, I need you. So right now, I admit that I need you. Right now, I admit that my hope is gone and I need your living hope. So Lord, right now, I confess that you are now my living hope. Not just for a single moment, but for a lifetime. I confess that you're my savior. I confess that you're my all in all. This is a moment that I'm responding to that truth, Lord. And I also recognize that I can't do it on my own. It's only by your grace and your mercy that I can do this. And I acknowledge that you are Lord of my life. Amen. And Lord, right now, for for those of us who prayed that prayer, I just pray that you, through your Holy Spirit, just Wrap them up in your arms and just, again, just drench them with your mercy and just your love, Lord. And God, um, for all of us, that we would just be reminded and encouraged that during this season, um, you're working. And during this season, you are refining who we are as people so that we can be redirected to live out our living hope and to share that and to broadcast that with others who need that living hope. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, um it's obviously gotten darker throughout my message. Um and so it I think it's the iPads kind of illuminating my face. It's almost like yeah. That's how it's it uh, looks kind of cool. Hopefully it's not too spooky. <laughs> but um I again just want to encourage you that if you responded in that prayer, um text us. Text I said yes to the number 43506. We'd love to get in in, uh, in contact with you. We'd love to just pray with you and talk with you more about what a life with Jesus is and what it means to place our hope in Jesus and to live out our hope in Jesus. And so we would love for you to respond. Last week, we had a few people respond and it's been good. And so. Um, We're going to continue to do this just to engage with the people who are watching our services and to engage with what God's doing in all of our different contexts. Amen? Well, again, I want to remind you that um, on our social media, we have different things happening throughout the weeks um, on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, so please be checking that out. And um, our faith kids have things that are happening on in, in their Instagram. Same with our AMP youth. And so parents, be on the lookout for those things. And they're also improving and, and changing things up. So just um, be ready to hear that information. And um, just always know, again, that Jesus loves you. And so do the rest of us here at Cheney Faith Center. We will hopefully see you all soon. And God bless.
4: Bye.